The KCLR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Hello, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to The Power Hour with me, Natalie Lennon, here on KCLR. I'm with you every Wednesday evening until 7 p.m., chatting through all things fitness, nutrition, mindset, and well-being with you. In case you are new to The Power Hour on KCLR, it's all about giving you the tools to take control of your health inside and out. I want to give you the inspiration, knowledge and power to maximize the quality of your life, to push the boundaries of those comfort zones. And of course, we want to have fun while we do it so that you walk away with that feel good factor and a pep in your step. Now, some of you following me on Instagram may have noticed I'm not coming to you live from Kilkenny or Carlo this week. I am in Lanzarote, but I did really enjoy catching up with the guests that I have coming up for you on this week's show. It is guaranteed to instill some motivation in you all. Now, what we have coming up on our show this week, well, it is our inspiration special. I guarantee you will all feel inspired. So do not go anywhere. Then we have our Q&A. And what I'm going to talk about this week is if you are lacking motivation after work, should you take a pre-workout supplement to boost your energy to exercise? We will be talking to two of the most inspirational Irish athletes I know. The first, a Paralympic gold medal winner about her journey, plus her recent Dancing with the Stars experience, then an endurance athlete who ran and cycled from one side of America to the other in 36 days. I'll be sharing with you the 10 habits of the world's most productive people and there will be a very special ending to today's show sharing all of the actions that my followers sent in which helped to motivate them when times get tough. Don't go anywhere because we are sure to walk away inspired today. The KCLOR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Hello, everybody, and welcome back. Now, I'm joined on the line by one of Ireland's top athletes, Paralympic gold medal winner from Tokyo in 2020, the youngest Irish athlete to compete at the Paralympic at the Paralympic Games when she took part in 2008 and recently one of Ireland's most talented dancers might I add ladies and gents Miss Ellen Keane how are you doing? Hi I'm good I'm so excited to be talking to you today. I am thrilled that we got you on the Power Hour Ellen our inspiration series. This show is all about inspiring people and you have to be one of the most inspirational women that I know. So first off, I'm going to dive straight into the question on everyone's mind. How are you adjusting to normal life again after Dancing with the Stars? Do you know what? I'm actually like, it was such an experience and I had the absolute time of my life, but it can be so consuming <laughs> that I'm, I'm actually okay. Like I actually needed to go back to my normal life, I guess. And, and I think the one thing that maybe I'm struggling with a little bit is more um scheduling my time now because my time is mine whereas on the show it was just you just knew that things could pop up and and you had to go places and everything was to do with dancing so it was easy to be like yeah okay yeah I'll be there no worries um I just won't make any other plans <laughs> for my life and now it's like oh I have to actually be in control of my life again okay <laughs> I know I'm sure it's strange do you miss all the dancing or are you happy to be back swimming again I actually I didn't it's not that I I was missing the dancing. I didn't really think about it too much just because I had so much going on. And then we were at an awards 
the other day and uh, Erginus was there and Erica and Dennis and they were dancing. Uh, uh, Erica was dancing with Erginus and I literally got so jealous. Oh. And I was like, I want to dance with Erginus now. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of only when I see people dancing that I'm like, I want to go. Let me have a go. I know you've got the dancing bug now. That never leaves. I'll have you know it never leaves. <laughs> <laughs> So, Ellen, my next question for you. You are obviously really passionate about representing people with disabilities and inspiring them to own it, to gain confidence, to overcome the negative thoughts that I'm sure comes with them at the beginning. So can you tell us a little bit about your disability for maybe listeners who don't know and the journey towards becoming a Paralympic swimmer? Um, Yeah, of course. So I was born without my left arm from below the elbow and my parents, we're never given a reason as to why. So I still don't know, but I've I've met girls with similar arms to me and it's always been uh, the umbilical cord wrapped around their arm in the womb and it just stunted the growth. So if you actually look at my arm, you can see that like there are fingers there that just didn't grow and, and there's just like part of an arm that didn't grow. Okay. Um, and for me, like it has never really impacted my life. So I... I kind of just got on with it as most people do yeah. and, and like the way I learned things is the same way as anyone else learned like I had no other option so it was always my brain just always taught how do I do this with one hand rather than oh I don't have two hands so how am I gonna kind of navigate this mm-hmm. and I guess that's that's just how I've lived my life and and the one thing that kind of always irritates me a little bit is when people are so shocked that I'm able to do things with one hand and, and being told, oh my God, you're so amazing, you're so inspirational and, and it's because I'm able to do things with one hand but I'm like, but I like, I don't have muscle memory of a left hand so exactly. it's literally alien to me to think of having two hands and I guess like when it comes to when it comes to kind of confidence and stuff, I did really struggle with, with my body image when I was a teenager just because of all that extra kind of alien like attention I was getting compared to everyone else and you know when you're a teenager anyway you you just want to fit in you want to be like everyone else and this was one thing about me that I couldn't change like it's not like a hair color or like clothes or anything like that it's one thing I couldn't change about myself and just through sport that's where I I gained my confidence and and I really the reason why I fell in love with sport so much is because I was completely in control of my body and it was all about how fast you could go, how strong you could get. And and no one ever questioned, oh, you can't do something because of your arm. So that's kind of how I, I really got into sport. And and like it's been my whole life. So I went to my first Paralympic Games when I was 13 um, and literally has been all consuming of my life up until now like when I had that little break for dancing um, and because I've been in the system for so long as well I think I like I'm still young I'm only 27 and I wanted to uh, I wanted to go to another game but I knew I needed a mental break so that's why I, I wanted to do the dancing because it literally gave me the bug to go back swimming mm. um, and and the kind of the kind of spotlight that has been put on me because of swimming is something that people with disabilities don't really get that often like there's not many people with a disability with a voice so that's why I take it so seriously and I take these opportunities and I try and put my body out there as much as possible because the reason people stare so much and the reason why people can be so insecure around disabilities is because they're just not used to them so the more exposure people get to them the kind of the the more accepting or the more understanding they have of it. 
Yeah. Ellen, powerful words. And even following your Instagram lately, you know, a lot of your posts have been talking about trying to inspire people with disabilities to own it and to have confidence around it. And you honestly just ooze confidence. And I think whether you're someone with a disability or not, like I look at the way you post on Instagram, the way you've done Dancing with the Stars. I got to meet you recently in Kildare Village and I'm like, give me that girl's confidence. So just a huge well done on the journey that you've gone through and how you overcame what you were lacking when you were younger because yeah. I know you posted recently a throwback for your birthday like there's people look at I don't know confident people and assume that they're always confident but I I was naive to think that that it was something I had fully overcome because even on the show itself like I have been in a bubble nearly my whole life with the para world and yeah. and people understanding disability and and having done the same thing for 13, 14 years competitively and then literally switching and having to learn a whole new skill with my body and not really have any having any role models to compare myself to. So even the first few weeks of the show and the live show itself, I nearly felt like I was having an identity crisis because I was like, where is this confident girl gone? And, and it is just about realizing that sometimes you're going to be put into situations where it's not you're not used to and you're gonna nearly not go on that whole journey all over again but you're gonna just um it's kind of like a challenge and it's kind of like a time of growth to really challenge yourself and and really talk yourself up and that's why I like putting myself in those situations as well because it's naive to think that I'm always going to be confident in all these situations but you just kind of have to constantly push yourself really yeah but I love that it shows that you're human do you know no matter what's going on in our lives (laughs) we're never confident all of the time I I'm kind of a believer in saying fake it till you make it because like that dancing with the stars for you, you you just have to power through and get those first few dances over with. And yes, you might have been feeling scared, but you kind of fake it. And then Mm -hmm. the confidence grows because you put yourself outside of your comfort zone. And every time we do that, we grow our confidence levels and the boundaries of our comfort zones a little bit more. So come here, jumping back to swimming for a second, you obviously said sport is what gave you kind of the confidence to to I suppose the confidence to own your disability a little bit what was it about swimming in particular that you love so much I just love the feel of water so I love like the anti-gravity I love how free you are when you're in the water and I I guess that was another thing that I struggled with the dancing because I'd gone from no gravity to having to learn how to balance and dance in heels which is the complete opposite um but swimming itself like when I was hiding my body and when I was at the peak of my insecurity swimming you're in a swimsuit and you have your hat and your goggles and there's nowhere to hide and and that was I guess that was nearly the biggest thing that that pushed me and forced me to recognize what my body could do and and love my body so I guess like any sport really has the power to do it because I was so comfortable in water and it was like my safe haven that's really why I learned to get so confident because I had no other choice. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And I think you're probably inspiring a lot of people to do more swimming uh, with how you describe that <laughs> feeling in the water. Great sport. Yes. And it's a full body workout. And it's so much harder than people think. I've, I always find when I swim, when I'm in the water, I'm like, oh, this isn't so bad. But then the next day, I'm like, oh, my God, that was bad. I'm in agony. Um, speaking of feelings and your feeling in the water, you recently won gold at the Tokyo Games in 2020. Can you describe that feeling for us, Ellen? Like, it's so weird to kind of put into words because I'm sure. it's been my life's work. So my whole life has been about trying to win a gold medal at the Paralympic Games. And in the past games, 
there's always been like a little bit of doubt in my mind that maybe I can't do it. But leading into Tokyo, I don't know if it was the pandemic. So I was forced to, I was forced out of the water, and I think being forced out of the water itself gave me the confidence to to work. Or not gave me the confidence, but gave, gave me the mindset to work on my weakness, which really was my confidence in myself. So going into like I, I literally read so much, and I, and I just took time to myself and to realize all that I'd accomplished in the past. Yeah, brilliant. And. And it literally, like going into Tokyo, I was so confident that I could win it. So when I won it, I was just more happy and it was just contentment that I felt more than anything. Yeah, I think that is the mindset of a winner right there. You went in knowing that you could win. <laughs> Self-belief all of the way. Ellen, your swimming goals for the future. Are you back in training now after Dancing with the Stars? I am, yeah. For my for my sins, I'm doing double sessions now and it's oh my lovely and I'm super tired it's great for anyone who doesn't know what double sessions means that is training twice in the one day it's a superhuman <laughs> activity to take on <laughs> yeah and sometimes it's hurt so. oh my gosh um ellen you're a busy lady so i'm sure you're heading off to training or a photo shoot or something of the likes at this stage and i can't thank you enough for giving us the time today to come and speak to and um, the power hour here on kclr it's been a pleasure to have you we will all be keeping an eye out um for you on our screens i'm sure sometime soon whether it's for dancing or swimming who knows <laughs> Hopefully it'll be for swimming. <laughs> 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 Ellen, best of luck with everything in the future. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. Thank you so much, guys. Take care. Bye. Wednesdays from 6pm, the KCLR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Now, welcome back, everyone. You are listening to our inspirational show here on The Power Hour today. And I'm joined on the line by an endurance athlete, coach, public speaker, and host of a very successful podcast called Pushing Limits, all the way from Dingle in County Kerry, the superhuman that is Mr. Shane Finn. How are you today? I am good. Greetings from County Kerry. How are you? I'm not too bad. We can't complain. I'm thrilled to get you on the line because I know you're such a busy bee. You're renovating as well. I know. Yeah, that's like um, definitely something I did not expect to be as busy as it is, but it's all good. I'm glad to be here. It's never a never bad complaint. So Shane, um, when I thought of presenting a show that was all about inspiring our listeners, you couldn't but pop to mind as well. So to start, can you tell me a little bit about the major challenges that you've completed? Oh, yeah, well, thank you. First of all, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, look, I suppose I, I, I would look at these things as uh, me just doing fun things, um, you know, that, that interest me. And yeah, look, it's all started out, I guess, in kind of 2010, I, 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 which feels like a long time ago. And it is a long time ago, I guess. Um, I ran my first marathon and um, yeah, that was it. Like there was no real, there was no real aim to, you know, start running all over the world and across continents and countries and stuff. It just was a marathon and um, I did it to raise funds for a charity that's quite close to my family. My first cousin, Mary, she has a condition called uh, spina bifida. So some of your listeners might be aware of the of the condition. It's, it's actually quite common in Ireland and um yeah, you know, I, I saw obviously how, first of all, how happy it made her and then how how much of an impact it started to make um, with the charity. So, mm -hmm. you know, the money was used for summer camps and all these kind of nice things that made people's life better. And it just was, it all it took me was to go for a run. Um, and then, you know, I, I suppose that first marathon had quite a profound impact on 
me as a person like I was young I was kind of lost I had very little confidence in myself at that point in my life and uh, yeah like it completely changed me basically and I suppose from there in 2014 I ran from Dublin to my hometown of Dingle uh, in 2017 I ran a whole circle of Ireland I went from Donegal to, to Dingle um, and then 2019 I decided that you know people in Ireland were probably getting sick of me at this stage so I went <laughs> to America and uh, I biked and ran from, from San Francisco to New York so yeah, I've done. I've seen a lot of the world through running, and it's it's been um, it's been fantastic. And I, I suppose I, I I really enjoyed it, and I've met some amazing people. So yeah, it's been it's been quite the quite the journey. Shane, I'm <laughs> I'm sitting here with my mouth hitting the floor of the studio. Like you just named out some incredible challenges that you've taken on, like running from Dublin to Dingle, running all around the coast of Ireland, running San Francisco to New York. Like you are, you're literally not a human, and I'm sure of it. <laughs> How you can do uh, all of that and I, enjoy I it can, and not get injured oh uh, well i can tell you i first of all i am i am certainly human <laughs> i am <laughs> definitely human i have i have good days i have bad days i you know i, know. Uh, I go through the same thing as, as most others do as well when it comes to things like dealing with injury dealing with doubt you know not being 100 quote-unquote motivated all the time um but this yeah, is exactly like, why know, this is exactly why you're an inspiration to everyone and to all of our listeners because you do experience all of those feelings and emotions and times of self-doubt that we all do but you have never let them stop you and you've gone on to achieve obviously incredible things um so let's start with the american ultra challenge so you ran and cycled from san francisco to new york in 36 days and that again was to raise money for spina bifida um the charity in ireland how difficult was this challenge Oof, uh, it, it was it was certainly the hardest thing I've done anyways, it was, um, okay. but also the most unique and the best as well, because it was so different, um, very isolating, very isolated. We were very isolated in, in general, myself and the crew, because, I mean, in Ireland, for the two big events in Ireland, we, you know, we had people running with us. I don't think mm-hmm. there was any day where I wasn't running with somebody okay. or somebody didn't come to run with me. So out of the 36 days, I was I was completely alone for 34 of those days. Um, which in its own was 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 nice, but it was also definitely a lot more difficult because mm. we had the weather, we had the different obviously terrains. We went from like at the start extreme heat to extreme cold to back to heat up to the mountains. Like it was just every day was just relentless. Um, and yeah, it's hard to put it into words, but like you know, after ten days and you see that you've made very little progress across the continent, like on the map it can be quite difficult to say like, you know, in three weeks time, I need to be on the Brooklyn Bridge because my cousin Mary and my family are going to be there and they expect me to be there. So yeah, yeah it, it was, I think physically, obviously massively demanding, but I would nearly say it was, it was mentally just as demanding as well. But that is often the case with, with a lot of physical challenges, like even a marathon, anyone running the first marathon, it's often more of a mental battle than a physical one. But I imagine traveling from San Francisco to New York, 36 days nonstop going through it solo was a next level mental challenge. But again, you overcame it. What did get you through it at those times when you were struggling? Was it the thoughts of your family waiting on the Brooklyn Bridge at the other side? Yeah, there was a couple of different things. I think the main one, the main one for me anyway, personally, was that I knew like my cousin Mary was going to be in Brooklyn. And I also like, you know, 
I'm in my late 20s. I will literally hang on to the last of my late 20s. But I will just say, like a lot of Irish lads, I'm still a mammy's boy, <laughs> even though I'm nearly 30. Um, I knew my mother was going to be there as well. So the two of them, like, you know, they were hugely motivating for me because it went beyond it went beyond what running and endurance and everything, uh, you know, has done to my life. And it brings it back to the core thing of, you know, my family. And, and they're the ones really that, you know, that have been there for me and that, I would do these things for because you know my cousin Mary is is my family so you know really the most important thing was and look you know the the money and all that kind of stuff amazing but the the smiles that you bring people and and you know the simple things that you can do that others can't they're the things really that uh, opened opened up my eyes and I suppose that's that's um that's one of the things that would have kept me going specifically in the middle part in America I, I was really struggling because we're in the middle of Kansas and the roads are straight for like 50 miles at a, at a go. Like there's no bends, no hills, nothing, just straight roads. And, you know, I, I just remember being like trying to tell myself and telling myself that like, how lucky am I to be here? Yeah. Now, <laughs> if you looked at me visually, you'd be like, this fella is not in a good place. But, uh, <laughs> you know, in my mind, I was telling myself like, how lucky am I to like to be here doing this right now? And, you know, able. some people yeah. just dream of doing this, you know. So, and Shane, yeah, when it I would, came I would to... have a lot of, lot of things like that going on in my head. It's, um, I'm sure you had so much time to think while you were taking on that challenge as well. How long were you training in advance before you took on those 36 days? Oh, I'd say a year, a year and a bit maybe. We were, we were, we had it all planned out about a year and three months out. And then it was kind of like, okay, let's start trying to get really fit and not yeah. get injured. So about a year, yeah, about a year I'd say. And then I'm going to move on because time just flies by here as it does every single week. It um, always does. I want, always, I want to talk about one of um, the other incredible challenges that you took on also to raise money for Spina, Spina Bifida Ireland and that was 24 marathons in 24 days. What inspired you to do this? Ah, <laughs> uh, it's good crack like. You know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look, I suppose uh, again at that time I would have. It was at a, we were at a period as a family where my cousin Mary was going through quite a tough period, and um, you know I, I learned that you know through a couple of different people that she felt the feeling of pain twenty four hours a day, and I remember not really really being able to comprehend it and mm-hmm. almost kind of feeling that that I needed to do more uh, in order to help people who are less fortunate than mm-hmm. I am. Um, and then I decided, you know, 24 hours a day, if somebody's in pain and struggling 24 hours a day, I'm going to do 24 marathons in, in 24 counties wow. in 24 days um, all around Ireland. So that's where I came up with the idea. And like, you know, it it it, it was just, it was amazing. I, I loved that. And I, I never regret anything like those physical challenges that I do no. because you just meet the most amazing people. And um yeah, I suppose that's that's uh, that that was the back short short backstory to the twenty four marathons. There's just so much to it. Like you'd never regret it because, like number one, the people you meet, the experience itself, but the money you raised, and that feeling when you complete a challenge that I suppose a lot of people think is never going to be possible. It it's really hard to put words to. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah, it is. Like, and you know, it's it's funny because I sometimes have to even up until this very day you know I'm about to go out training now and I can almost like pre-guarantee you that I will think about either the America challenge or the 24 marathon challenge while I'm running today um and and the people I've met over the last 10 years I'll probably think of them today and um, you know what I mean so like yeah, it, it does amazing. it does 
it has a massive impact. Um, it's had a huge impact on my life. Let's just let's just put it that way. I can imagine, and obviously a lot of other people's lives with the money you have raised, Shane. Um, I'm going to wrap it up with a recent challenge of yours, and that was your hike to the summit of Kilimanjaro. The man never stops. <laughs> oh yeah, oh that was good crack. Yeah, I mean, we we uh, you know the pandemic was a bit of a, a thorn in the side, all right, for mm-hmm. adventuring. But um, yeah, we finally got off to head to to Tanzania and Africa. Um, this January, which was absolutely amazing, we we travel with Earth Edge, an Irish-based travel company, and um, like oh, again, the, just the most amazing experience. Like I know, obviously, we didn't have a great year and a half here, um, you know, but just to go to Africa and to meet the local people and and, and see how much you know the mountain means to them, and then to climb the mountain with them, it was, yeah, it definitely brings you back to life. Like it was. Uh, definitely a challenge but i would highly recommend anybody listening to look at it give it a go and you know it's it's often not a very cheap trip but trust me on your way home you'll be like i'm so so glad i did that uh, yeah um shane there's so much more i want to ask you about kilimanjaro but we're running out of time but what i do want to ask you quickly of those three challenges that we spoke of your run and cycle from san francisco to new york your 24 marathons in 24 days and your hike to the summit of kilimanjaro can you rate them in order of difficulty one two and three? Oh, i would say definitely america number one 24 marathons number two and Kili- kilimanjaro number three i would say yeah okay so that's the one we should all be aiming for kilimanjaro we'll start there we'll work our way up <laughs> <laughs> oh that's it i mean look the other thing as well i think you know just to, i suppose finish on my part is you, you don't have to uh you know people don't have to run around countries and stuff like that to to make a difference you know mm-hmm. it starts it starts with your your daily interactions and the people around you and, and you know that, that's really what i've come back to to look at and focus at now focus on now as well as you know it, it it takes something to be nice and um it doesn't take much to help people either you know yeah to bring a smile to someone's face and that is exactly what we are going to try and do we're going to plug our dingle wellness weekend here at the end of may i'm so excited shane i'll be heading down to you to hopefully bring a smile to many people's faces as we take on um, a few adventures down there together Amazing. Yeah, super excited as well. May 27th to 29th. Um, we have obviously tried to do this before, but uh, with different variants and whatnot, we were, we were uh, I suppose, handcuffed mm-hmm. to not being able to proceed. But yeah, super excited. Uh, end of May. It's going to be, if anybody wants to um, maybe you know, ask questions about that or tell them, you know, they can reach out to me directly or via email, social media, all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, we'd love to have you guys in Dingle. Yeah, and I will have all the information about our Dingle Wellness Weekend on Instagram as well after the show. So Shane, my very last question for you, if people want to find you online or get in touch to see what services you offer, where should they go? Well, the first thing, I'm going to plug my own little thing here and I'm going to plug, come to come to West Kerry, please. That's probably where you'll find me, um, <laughs> out in the hills or the roads or the mountains or something. Uh, typical Kerry man around the place talking to people, telling them stories. Um, yeah, obviously online then as well is just Shane Finn uh, across most social media platforms, uh, the Pushing Limits podcast. And then my, my website is uh, shanefinn.com. All pretty simple. Shane, you are an absolute inspiration. Thank you so much for coming on the Power Hour today. I will leave you and love you, as they say, and uh, we'll talk to you very soon. Uh, thanks, Natalie. Thanks for having me on, and I uh, appreciate it. Thanks, Shane. Bye-bye. The KCLOR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Now 
welcome back everybody. So as this is our inspirational show here on the Power Hour, I thought that it would be really useful to share with you 10 habits of the world's most productive people. So get your pen and paper out or if you're driving, please don't. But do take note of these 10 habits because I think if you can take on board even two or three of them, it will definitely give you more productivity in your day. Um, So here we go with the first one. And this is definitely something that I never do. And after reading this, I'm like, okay, we are going to make this a must do every morning. And that is no emails when we wake up. So some of the world's most productive people definitely do not open their emails when they wake up. Many agree that it is a brilliant strategy to push your emails until after lunchtime because it often becomes a time sink. And I love that term. And it's so true. You open up your emails and then all of a sudden you find you've lost three hours. Whereas if you opened it up near the end of your workday, you'd power through it in maybe one hour. So that is the first habit. No emails in the morning. Habit number two, create a system for certain tasks. So when you have something that you work on every day, create a system to handle it without getting overwhelmed. So if we go back to our emails, for example, only answer those from the day before for the first 30 minutes. So whatever emails you didn't get to the day before, take 30 minutes. And then if there's still some left, forget about them. You're only human. They can double send, move on to a new day, new emails, new tasks. Okay, the third habit was limit decision fatigue. Now, this one kind of struck a chord with me as well. So each time you have to make a decision, every little decision you make each day, whether you're choosing what top to wear in the morning, what you're going to have for breakfast, what you're going to have for lunch, that uses up your limited supply of mental energy. And we do only have a limited supply of that mental energy each day. So to make the most of your reserves, eliminate unnecessary decisions and simplify the ones that you can. So taking like most of our presidents, for example, wear the same outfit every day, wear the same suit every day, wear the same black dress, wear the same yellow blazer, whatever it is, limit decision making. Number four then was handle things once. So if a decision is required, do it, handle it once. If you get an important email, reply immediately, move on to the next task. Put it out of your mind. What is in the past is in the past. Keep your day moving and in the present and keep ticking off your to-do list. Then the fifth habit of the world's most productive people was prioritizing tasks. So sometimes the best strategies for staying productive are the most obvious. Just prioritize everything in your day. Facebook founder and CEO Mark Zuckerberg says, I think a simple rule of business is If you do the things that are easier first, then you can actually make a lot of progress. And I think that's very true because if you dive into your hardest task of the day or the most difficult email waiting for you, it can often put you in a bad mood and cause your productivity to go downhill. So start with the easier tasks first. Prioritize them in the right order. Habit number six was take vacations. That is one that we love here. It might seem counterintuitive to go on vacation, but more and more companies are adopting policies that make time away from the office mandatory. Some recommend a week-long vacation every four months. So there you go. That's your excuse to book your next summer holiday. Then the seventh habit was, of course, sleep. Similar to taking regular vacations, getting a good night's sleep will also help recharge your brain and improve your ability to stay on task. We know here on the Power Hour how important a good night's kip really is. The eighth habit was staying fit. Many productive people 
engage in at least 20 minutes of moderate exercise every day. And I don't think that's too much to ask for anyone. So whether that's just 20 minutes of a little walk, it will make you more productive. Then the ninth habit was starting early. Now, you may not love the idea of waking up early, guys, or at the crack of dawn, but it is true to say that most of the world's productive people love getting a head start on their day. Starbuck CEO. They get up at, I think it was half four in the morning each day is what I read. And they make a coffee, of course. And then the 10th habit was keep a routine. And that's not easy done. So I'd recommend making a schedule for every day and trying to stick to it. It was Barack Obama that said the secret that kept him from getting overwhelmed when the going got tough was to keep to a strict schedule. The KCL or Power Hour with Nathalie Lennon. So because this week I wanted to talk all things inspiration, I reached out to my Instagram followers and I asked them to tell me what exactly it is motivates them when they're feeling low. So today here on the Power Hour, we are going to share lots of these ideas with you. So we're going to jump straight in. We had Pauline who said music. I had lots of people who said music is what picks them up when they're feeling low. We had David who said he tells himself even if it's just to do it for a few minutes, whatever the task is, it'll make a big difference in his day. We had Martin who told me a punch bag (laughs) with his favorite playlist always does the trick. Then we had Catherine who said a sense that the only progress is a step at a time. And I love that. I think it's always good to come back to that. Just take one baby step at a time. We had Mag and she said a good chat with friends after a long catch up always picks up her mood. And I agree. I think it's really important to make sure you have enough social connection, especially for someone who's self-employed. It's so important to make sure you make the time and effort to catch up with friends. We had Robbie who wrote in and told me that a hike or planning a road trip is what picks up his mood when he feels low. And I can definitely agree with him on that one. We had Leon who said meditation. That's definitely a powerful one to reset your mind when things might feel a little bit hectic up there. We had Elzer, whatever her full name is, I'm not sure. But Elzer said that food, food is what picks her up. And again, I won't argue with that. Now, we have spoken about mood boosting foods here on the Power Hour. You know, the Mackey D's might not be the best route to go. But listen, if it picks your mood up and keeps it there, I am here for it. (laughs) We had Tim who wrote in and said, the gym, reading, or even just going to work, helps pick up his mood when he is feeling low. We had Jammy. Now, I'm guessing that's not his full name either. He said that being around family helps. And I definitely relate to this one as well. Just disconnecting from social media for some time and catching up with your family, really valuing making memories with them. We had Dawn who said she goes to the beach to clear her head and she paddles in the water or just grounds her feet in the sand at the very edge of the shore. And that always picks up her mood. And then this one I really, really like. So if you have a task to do and it's kind of getting you down, set a timer of 15 minutes to complete it and it kind of tricks you into getting it done when you probably would have spent nearly an hour on it but when you have that timer that you know is going to go off you just power it through we had caroline that said being in nature so we see that popping up quite a bit and then we also had a lovely lady write in and said daddy 
do you know isn't that just so true you can always go to your daddy to make you feel a little bit better when you're feeling low and I agree to that one daddy if you're listening you're a wonderful man and I'm going to finish it with this one Linda wrote in and she said my why and I just thought that was lovely we all have a why whether that's making sure your kids are their happiest whether you want to go and teach the kids that you're working at the school from whether you're a doctor and you're looking after your patients go back to your why and that should definitely help inspire you and pick up your mood when you are feeling low i hope you enjoyed that little special here on today's inspirational show on the power hour here on kclr wednesdays from 6 p.m the kclr power hour with natalie lennon Okay, so this week on our Q&A, the question that came in was, I lack energy and motivation to exercise in the evening after work. Should I consider taking a pre-workout? Now, for those of you who don't know, so a pre-workout is used to boost your energy and pretty much optimize performance during your workout. It typically comes in like a powdered form and you mix it with water. So it is a supplement and it's a combination of ingredients, usually always caffeine and then maybe vitamins, creatine, maybe some carbohydrates, all to boost your energy. So this sounds wonderful, but wait and hear me out. So caffeine is one of the most common ingredients found in pre-workout shakes. And yes, it is proven to improve your performance because you know yourself, you're going to have more muscle power. It won't feel as taxing when you've caffeine in your system. It improves your cognition, your concentration, but it's all in the short term. So you will be able to focus better for that workout. What caffeine actually does is it dilates your blood vessels. So that increases the blood flow to your muscles. That's why it all feels a bit easier. And again, this does all sound great, but hear me out before you invest in a pre-workout supplement. So other ingredients that you might find in there would be B vitamins like niacin, B12. You'll have amino acids, which are basically proteins. You may have something called creatine. But what you need to remember is pre-workout is a supplement. And supplements should only be taken if your diet doesn't tick that box for you. So I would look to dietary methods of boosting your energy first, especially if it's going to be in the evening. Because caffeine is a staple ingredient in a pre-workout supplement, We have spoken about caffeine endless times here on the Power Hour on Casey Lore and how important it is to try and limit caffeine intake after maybe 1 to 2, pushing it at 3 p.m. because it can, and more than likely will, affect the quality of your sleep. No human is unaffected by caffeine. Even if you have a coffee or pre-workout supplement at 7 p.m. and fall asleep at 10 or 11, that night's sleep won't be as good a quality. And we know how important good quality sleep is for optimal health. So ideally, I would say if it's an evening workout and you want to boost your energy because you have no motivation left after work before going the caffeine route, because that might affect your sleep. Could you try a vitamin hit of some kind? So maybe a vitamin drink like a Vit hit or something or taking a liquid-based vitamin drink later in the day. So I take a super supplement every morning that you mix with water. So maybe you could take that in the evening instead. I'd also suggest having a piece of fruit. So that provides you with obviously vitamins and nutrients, but it's a fast digesting carb. So it'll boost your energy naturally. You might be able to boost those evening energy levels to exercise by ensuring you stay really well hydrated during the day have protein in all your meals and wear blue light blocking glasses if you are at a screen all of the usuals that we talk about here on the power hour 
If you are inside all day, definitely try and walk outdoors for 10 minutes before you go into a gym to exercise if that's where you're training. So I hope that helps and give you some, I hope that it gives you some inspiration as to how you can boost your energy for those evening workouts. Now, coming up, two of the most inspirational athletes in the country are here to inspire you. And don't forget our contact line here at KC Law, sponsored by our dinnersready.ie is 083-306-9696. The Power Hour Fitness Funny. Now, our funny story for this week. So this actually happened to a friend of mine and it really makes me cringe when I think on how she must have felt. So she was heading on a date in the evening and she was also on a bit of a health buzz. She had her chopped salad before going because she didn't want to be hungry. You know when you actually get them chopped so all of the leaves are in tiny little pieces. You can see where I'm going with this. So she's up in Dublin. They went to the zoo. A gorgeous first date idea all around the zoo. The whole of Dublin Zoo got back to their cars to say goodbye. Usually where, you know, an end of date kiss might happen. And it was only then that he told her she had some spinach stuck in her teeth. Could you deal? I would be asking for the ground to swallow me up. He couldn't get the courage to tell her (laughs) earlier on in the date. But when she looked after he said it, it was almost as if she had a whole tooth missing. So... If you have your salads before you're going on any dates, guys or gals, make sure you rinse your mouth well after and catch a glimpse of your teeth in the mirror before you go about your day. Clearing up those misconceptions, the Power Hour One Minute Myth Bust. Now, our myth bust for this week, we've definitely heard this before, for all my blonde hair ladies in particular. Chlorine turns your hair green? No, this is false. I thought this was really apt after speaking to Ellen Keane earlier on in the show. It's not chlorine that turns your hair green. So if you're going swimming and someone's telling you this, ladies, don't believe them. However, it is copper. Copper sulfate is a chemical added to pools that aids in preventing algae growth. And being exposed to that over time can give you that green tint in your hair. So the solution, wear a swim cap if you're taking up swimming, if you're feeling motivated after listening to Ellen That will definitely protect your hair from the impact of the chemicals and always wash your hair out after to make sure you get rid of any lingering chemicals. Wednesdays from 6pm, the KCLR Power Hour with Natalie Lennon. Well, can you believe we are coming to the end of another show here on KCLR? I have loved this episode and I hope you did too. As always, I like to give you a little challenge finishing up the show that will improve your mood, help you feel a little bit more cheerful as you go along the week. So last week... I asked you to get some morning light to make sure when you woke up in the morning, the first thing you done was catch some daylight. I hope you all did that. This week, what I want to ask you to do is get a coffee or peppermint tea or whichever it is you prefer with a friend or even make that phone call to do it virtually. Someone who you haven't spoken to in a while because as we mentioned earlier on, social connection is so important and it can help to lift our spirits at times when they are low. So get planning those tea or coffee dates. Guys, it has been an absolute pleasure here with you on the Power Hour. I cannot wait to be back with you next Wednesday at 6pm. A big thank you to Ashling for helping me in studio today. Have a a lovely evening. We will chat to you very soon.